Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. And today we are discussing discerning your vocation in life, and the Catholic faith teaches that God has a plan for each of us, how we're meant to love and serve Him and others, and become the person who we are meant to be. This calling is known as a vocation, although when we hear the word, we might think about priesthood or just a religious life, but actually there are four different vocations according to the church that we need to listen to God and understand and embrace our true vocation in life. And with uh, with us this morning to discuss this important subject is Father Michael Ackerman. He is the vocation director for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Father Michael, welcome to Catholic Education Plus. Father Tom, thank you. Thanks for having me here this morning. And this is great to have you here this morning. Something very near and dear to my heart, uh, talking about vocations. Can you uh, just give our listeners here this morning, list the four vocations, starting out uh, the two involve the lay people in the world, married life and single life, and then two are consecrated and ordained life. Can you explain to our listeners this morning what the four vocations are? Sure. Well, well, vocation, quite simply, it's a calling from God. So it's the fact that God calls each and every single person to follow him, to serve him, and there, there are four ways, as you mentioned, that you mm-hmm. can do that. So two that involve the laity, that every person starts out first is the single life. And you can be dedicated to the Lord, dedicated to the church just by the way you live your life. Most people will probably go to the married life. And as they marry, as they raise a family, they show God's love in the world. So that's probably the majority of, of folks going for the married life. And then uh, the one you and I know best, the, yep. uh, uh, the <laughs> priesthood, uh, certainly that's the one that I promote as vocation director. And then, of course, the consecrated. So you have your religious sisters, your consecrated virgins, those who serve the Lord by the way they live their life. But no matter which one you choose, God has a call for every single person. So vocation is not just for the priests or not just for the religious. It's for every person out there. And I can remember being in your shoes many years ago. I was the co-director of vocations with Father Tom Sparacino, and Father Tom now is the rector of the seminary at St. Paul's. We work close together. And uh, Father Tom and I, I remember going out into the high schools and religious ed programs, um, college campus ministry programs, doing what you're doing now, uh, just basically just talking about the vocations in life? Because people think, oh, it's just priesthood or just a religious life. No, I mean, we all have a vocation. So some are called to the single life, some are called to the married life, but there might be somebody there thinking, as you and I were, uh, thinking about the priesthood or maybe somebody in the the religious life. And tell our listeners, how does one discern which vocation God is calling them? Because there's so much noise out there in our society, and some people might feel they're not holy enough or they're not smart enough for school, or uh, will I be alone the rest of my life? Can you explain um, the the vocations and how one would kind of make a decision? Sure. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things people often say is, what's the easy way to discover it? I always tell them there isn't, there's no easy way. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of patience, and definitely a lot of prayer to do so. But I think first, you know, before, before any of that, it comes with asking the question, what am I supposed to do with my life? And especially taking that into prayer. God, what do you want me to do with my life? And I think the more we can reflect on that, the more we can take that into prayer, it gives us a chance to, to stop and say, well, you know, here's some things I'm interested in, or here's some things that I might be good at. 
And that invites a conversation, a reflection, to say, well, you know, I've always thought of this, or I've always considered that you know, there's something about going to Mass or going to see the sacraments, and it, it speaks to me. It speaks to the heart. So it, it definitely involves prayer and reflecting upon mm-hmm. what gifts we have, what talents we have. But I think it also involves you know, doing a little bit of uh, the old-fashioned homework, the research. It's talking to people to say, you know, I, I think I could be a priest. Maybe I'll talk to my home pastor, or maybe I'll actually call the vocation director. They're not such bad people. And you know, m- maybe I'll actually go out and see uh, what it is that's out there for me, and, and if I could possibly do that. So prayer, spending time in silence, looking at the gifts and talents that we have, but then also not being afraid to talk to others about what God might be calling us to. That's essential. I mean, we have to do those things if we're actually going to know what God wants and really be fulfilled. It's making a major life decision. You don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to be a priest or (laughs) I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer. There's some time and preparation and planning. Just like this time of year now that we're in the last week of September, first week of October now, there's a lot of open houses for high schools and colleges. So people go shopping, so to speak, go onto the campus and find out what do they want to major in or it's like buying a car you don't just you know jump in and and buy the car you you window shop you think about (laughs) it it's a major purchase a major decision and just like people uh, are thinking about their college or high school to go to or career fairs there's a lot of planning that goes into it and the more time and effort that you put into it and really think about it then you don't have to like just jump right in and make that quick decision. Would you agree? Oh, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I always say to people, you know, if you're thinking about going to the married life, if you feel called to marriage, probably not after the first date are you going to go out and buy the <laughs> ring. I'm going to get married. Say, yeah, yeah, this is it. We're, this is it for sure. It, it takes time, mm-hmm. and it, it really takes prayer. It takes reflection. There is no shortcut. But if you have the patience, if you're able to kind of enter into that discernment to really think and reflect and pray, you gain something valuable through doing that. And so I, I always say to people, pray and ask and then test it out. And if it's not for you, if, if you're in a relationship and you think, ah, this isn't going where I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to, that's okay. It, it's part of the discernment process. Or if a man enters the seminary and discovers, I don't think I'm called to be a priest and he leaves, that's part of the it's discernment okay. process. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's absolutely essential that we're willing to, to take a risk, but then also to... Um, be willing to recognize what's going on, how God's moving us in our life. And there's no, like, cookie-cutter calling, as I called <laughs> it. Like, when I, I went to college and I thought I was going to go into radio and broadcasting, I wanted to be a newscaster, so I majored in broadcasting communications. I went to Clarion, and um, I had a, a career after uh, college. I dated, and then I entered the seminary when I was later. There are some guys that um, are called during the high school year. So there's no time frame like in high school or college or post-college. Everybody's different. Would you agree? Some are called earlier and some are called, like myself, a later career. Oh, absolutely. God, God works in his time, mm-hmm. which can get frustrated at times for us thinking we <laughs> wish it were quicker. We wish it could move faster. The other thing, too, I think, is a lot of people still fight the vocation. They fight what their call is. Uh, I've talked to many guys that have said, you know, I thought about being a priest since I was 15 years old or 20 years old, but you know, I, I just kept pushing it off and thinking, no, something else will come. Or, I'm going to get married. We're on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. it's going to mm-hmm. go away. And, and eventually, uh, eventually God wins out. Mm-hmm. Eventually you can't you can run, run but away. you can't hide. As I <laughs> That's say. exactly yeah. right. And so I think, I think it's just important to recognize God moves in his time, but we have to be willing to accept it. 
So let's talk about marriage. It's probably the most common of the four vocations, and many spouses may not realize that marriage is a calling from God. There, you make a covenant and a commitment. It's not easy. There's always going to be ups and downs. I look at my my parents have been married for fifty、uh, seven years. I have two sisters over twenty seven years marriage. It takes work, though. Would you agree? And and for those who are called to the married life, oh, it absolutely does. And and when I I think a lot of people forget about what the married life. Is it is a real call from、mm-hmm. God? It's a husband and wife making God's love present, literally embodying that, and that's that's not easy. If if you're going to love, you're also going to have to sacrifice. And you look at Jesus on the cross; that's a great example of of what married love is. It's giving to the point that it hurts. And I think for many people today, that's that's difficult. And and I think it's the first sign of trouble. A lot of people think, well, I don't know if this is for me or not. But it, when you look at that as A reflection of God's love is Christ's love for us. Well, then the married vocations—it's—it's it's a hugely important vocation, especially in our world. A great witness of what God can do and does do. And just as a husband and wife take vows and promises before God when they make that covenant commitment in the sacrament of marriage, that priest will make that covenant or commitment、um, at the ordination. And so, priesthood and married life are kind of similar because you take vows and promises, and you make a commitment. Would you agree? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the priest has a spouse. It, it's not in this case a, a physical woman. It's the church. It's the church. He marries、right? the church and the people of the church, and so. A priest is just as committed as a married person would be, and we don't have a ring on our finger; we have a ring around our collar. That's exactly that's our that's our our commitment. That's our calling. That's exactly、yeah. right, and it's and it's a good reminder for us、mm-hmm. of what we're called to do and how we're called to sacrifice. And then there are people who are not called to、uh, priesthood or religious life or the married life, but the single life, and they choose they choose that calling, and they they are maybe are very committed to their careers or taking care of their parents. But a single person is still a vocation and calling in life. They can utilize their gifts and talents、uh, to help their church out, or to help their families or、uh, their communities. But it's it's definitely one of the four vocations in life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's somewhat of a myth out there that when you're single, it's just because you didn't find someone,、yeah. or maybe you missed your real vocation. And for most people, I mean, they might say, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at marriage, or I'm considering priesthood or religious life. I'm, I'm single just now." Is a transitory state, but single life is a real vocation. People actually may not feel called to be married. They may not feel called to be a priest or to be a religious.、Mm-hmm. They might feel that God has called them just to serve others as they are. And I think in the single life, it can be a real act of service. It can it can be an opportunity to be free to serve all people. And so as long as it doesn't become sort of a selfish, I do what I want. I'm I'm sort of the bachelor or the bachelorette. Yeah, I don't need anyone. I don't、right. need anyone.、Mm-hmm. Then we have a great opportunity to show God's love、uh, as a single person, just committed to service in the church and to service to the world. And you and I know there are many single people in the the churches and the parishes that really help day in and day out in the parishes. They devote a lot of time.、Uh, they're very into their careers, but they also have that flexibility since they don't have. A family to devote to, or kids, or a spouse that they utilize their their gifts and their talents by freeing themselves up so that they can devote to maybe into the parish or or their community and and work and utilize their gifts. And they're essential to do that. We we absolutely need、mm-hmm. those people in our church to make it function well. 
and uh, it's not a lonely life. You, you still are uh, around people and, and talk to people, so it's not like you're putting yourself in, in a box. That's and, correct. That's absolutely yeah. correct. Well, Father Mike, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDKA Radio. And welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, Administrator of St. Bede Parish in Point Breeze. And with me this morning is Father Michael Ackerman, who is the Vocation Director for the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. And we're talking about discerning your vocation in life. And Father Mike, as we were talking in the first segment, that there are four vocations. There's the single life, the married life, priesthood, and religious life. Now, let's talk a little bit about the uh, consecrated life, the religious life, which includes religious sisters and brothers, monks, hermits, and consecrated virgins who are exclusive uh, spouses of Christ. Let's talk a little bit about how the consecrated serve God and his people, because we don't hear that too much about what is consecrated life. Sure. No, in in the consecrated life, usually those people that that choose that vocation, they have a unique charism, a unique Mm -hmm. gift, rather, I would say. And they use that unique gift, that unique service to benefit those around. So, for instance, there's some people that our listeners might be horrified to hear this, that will choose silence. <laughs> and they, they serve the church by praying in silence, you know. Cloistered, pretty, right? Cloistered pretty much Just all the time. Just get away from the rat race and the noise. <laughs> there might be some that enjoy hearing that, mm-hmm. actually, but, but not this program, certainly. No, don't they're, turn us off. <laughs> they're enjoying mm-hmm. that silence. Um, there might be others that have a charism for some religious sisters that teach. Mm-hmm. And so they use their gifts to, to serve in education, whether it's elementary schools or secondary schools. There might be some, uh, there's consecrated virgins that um, renounce the right to be married, but they live in the world, they work in the world, and as they offer themselves freely, as they serve in their life, um, they serve as a witness to Christ's love. And so each, each person, there's no one particular gift, there's no one particular charism that a person would have to be in a consecrated life, but God calls a whole variety of, of folks, a, a variety of gifts to be of service wherever it could possibly be. And that goes back to when someone is discerning, do I want to be uh, single? Do I want to be married? Do I want to be a priest or a religious uh, brother or a permanent deacon or religious sister or um, a cloistered? You really have to make uh, a major decisions, and it's not an easy thing. So somebody who chooses the religious life, they pick a particular order. Uh, we have wonderful religious orders here in Pittsburgh, the Capuchins, the Benedictines, the Jesuits, um, Franciscans. They're all different, but they have special different charisms. And same with the religious sister communities. Uh, they all have different teaching or going into hospitals or working in parishes. They all have a, a, a specific charism. So one can go window shopping, so to speak, to find out which group that they're attracted to or they, they would like. That's correct. And, and again, it's, it's just a matter of finding where does that gift that God gave you fit the best? Where do you feel that God's called you to serve people? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel the most alive, really? And I think the more that you, you feel at peace, the more that you feel the joy, then you know you found the right place. You found where God wants you to be. And there's, there's really nothing more fulfilling than that. In a consecrated life, um, they, they take vows and promises also, too. That's correct. Right. You, usually they'll take the, you know, the vows of, of, of poverty, of, of chastity, and, and obedience. obedience. So mm-hmm. they're, they're using those gifts. And people often say, well, why are there, that's a hard sacrifice. Or why are you giving those things up? You do give things up, but it's so that you gain mm-hmm. the ability to know God. Simplicity, more mm-hmm. right? It, it's simplicity to be able to serve God, and I think that's a 
that's a wonderful gift that I think you know, sometimes gets overlooked. Now, something that's more uh, coming more common now in our diocese of Pittsburgh is the permanent diaconate program. Right. And these are men who um, work in regular careers. Uh, most of them are married. Some are single. But they don't uh, choose to be priests, but they want to be permanent deacons. Can you explain what the permanent diaconate program is? Sure. Now, a permanent deacon, uh, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes it's a man who's married. Mm-hmm. And so his, his first vocation is to his, his family, his spouse. But within that, there's a call that there's, there's a desire and a, and a great gift to serve the church. And so what a lot of these men have done, if they said, even though we're, we're family, even though we have our vocation to marriage, we also feel that we have a special gift to, to serve the church. And what these men will do is they'll come here, they'll study, they take classes, and then they're ordained for service. Uh, Deacons ordained to serve so they can preach, they can uh, minister to those who are needy in our community. They can go out and work, and a lot of them do in some of the local soup kitchens Mm -hmm. or food banks and hospitals. And they serve as a witness to God's love of of what it means to be not only married, that's a primary vocation, but also dedicated to service in the church as well. So it's been a powerful witness uh, in our church, certainly, and especially recently. And they're a tremendous uh, help to the priests, and especially if they're assigned to the parish. So they can do baptisms and weddings, uh, they can funerals uh, for liturgy of the word. They can preach the gospel, um, and go and visit people in the hospital and nursing homes. So they, they really can help bring the church uh, to the people that are in need. It's a great, it's a great mm-hmm. service, and I think you know you'll see a lot of uh, very, very dedicated men out there saying that um, this, this is a unique gift we've been given by God, and its ability to show certainly God's love in any unique way, uh, in a way that, that shows people service and what Christ is as a servant. Now let's talk about you. You have an interesting background because you wanted to be a teacher. You were a teacher, yes. and you had a kind of a second career calling, and I kind of watched you come into the seminary system back when I was um, early priesthood. Let's talk about your journey and how you were called to the priesthood versus being what you wanted to be originally was a teacher. Sure, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I had always thought in the back of my mind that priesthood might be there or that there might be a call to priesthood, but I just felt a very strong desire to be a teacher, you know, to go mm-hmm. out and, and to work with the youth. I taught high school, and so I thought— you know, I, I really feel this is what God wants me to do, where I'm supposed to go. And so I was. Uh, I went to uh, Duquesne University. Mm-hmm. I studied education. I uh, graduated and got a job teaching uh, in one of the local school districts. But the funny thing is I love teaching. I love working with youth. I love the subject material I taught. I was a social studies teacher. But I never could escape that thought that God might be calling me to something else. And it's, it's actually funny. I was encouraged by a, a friend of mine to go on a retreat, a, mm-hmm. a discernment retreat. And I thought, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm not so sure this is for me. And when I went on Friday, I thought, boy, I can't wait till it's over on Sunday. And by Sunday, I thought, I can't wait to come into the seminary. And so it's funny how, how God will work. I mean, he really, I think, chisels away at a lot of your fears, a lot of your worries, a lot of your apprehension, until you finally realize, you know what? The Lord's calling me to something joyful. He's not taking away my freedom, but he's given me greater freedom to not only know him, but uh, to really have joy in my life. And how long have you been a priest? Uh, it'll be f- it's four and a half years. Four now. and a half years already. Four and a half wow. years. You're no longer a rookie. Not right? anymore. No. Not anymore. Four and a half years goes quick. And I think you, since you were out in the working field, so to speak, you went to college, you had a career, you were teaching, and then that retreat kind of was like, this is where I need to be. 
you're not wondering what's it like to have a career or be out in the working force because you had that and then now you have and you're still teaching so to speak you're teaching the faith uh you're going into classrooms and schools so it's it's you're doing what you love but you're also being a priest too Oh, absolutely. God mm-hmm. never wastes any of our gifts. Mm-mm. And I think that's the one thing that I was you know, always pleasantly surprised to discover, that God doesn't waste any of our gifts or any of our passions. He uses them for his purpose. And so I think you're right. I- I've been more a teacher now than I think I ever was absolutely. in the classroom. Yeah. And so it's, it's a great blessing that God gives us the tools and talents to serve him and his church. And I think when we realize that, we know his joy. So someone listening here this morning or knows someone that might be thinking about uh, a vocation in life and would like to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to contact you? Well, I would say certainly we have a, we have a website, uh, pghpriest.com, which you're welcome to visit. Uh, there's also a link to the diocese website, diopit.org. But, you know, don't even just the old search on the Internet just to say, you know, vocations or Pittsburgh vocations. Uh, my contact will come up. But mm-hmm. even if it's not to, to the diocese, even if it's to a religious order, don't be afraid. I think that's my one big advice. Don't be afraid. Make sure you have time for prayer, and then be willing to listen to what God has to say. So talk to your local pastor uh, or local religious, and you know maybe just talk about where God could be calling you, and then maybe give you a call or one of the other vocation directors that are in the communities, and at least start doing that window shopping and can't hurt to just go and look no it never you know? it'll never uh be a detriment to discover what mm-hmm. god might be doing or to at least explore what god has in store and keep praying and discerning and and thinking that's and and the more you pray the more that you listen that will help you kind of let go of the fears and uh, you know make that jump start absolutely yeah. absolutely you can run, but you can't hide, right? <laughs> That's yeah. the truth. It's, God will find you. He definitely will. Well, Father Michael Ackerman, the vocation director, thanks for being with us this morning. And thank you for having me. Back with more in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring the Faith Afloat. This is Perfect Love Casts Out Fear. It's going to be held on Sunday, October 14th on the Gateway Clipper Fleet, the Empress. There will be talks, praise and worship, dinner, and also a dance party. And you can cruise uh, on the on the rivers. All high schoolers uh, go on this uh, wonderful cruise. Bishop Zubik, Father Mike Ackerman, Father Adam Potter, Sister Mary Gianna, and the Holy Apostles Parish Praise Band. They are really good. If you want to really go and enjoy a nice Sunday evening on the uh, rivers of Pittsburgh, you can take a cruise on the Gateway uh, Clipper Empress. It's the Fate Afloat. Again, that's on Sunday, October the 14th. And there'll be talks, praise and worship, dinner, and a dance party. It's going to be a great time. It's from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, it's only $20. That's your, your ticket and your food and the dance. And to register, visit pgpriest.com. That's pgpriest.com by this week. The Fate Afloat, Sunday, October 14th on the Gateway Clipper Empress. We'll see you there on the river. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 630 right here on KDK Radio.